0: Hello again and welcome to another episode of the Ominous Origins Podcast with me, Casey. Of course, this episode is still brought to you by the wonderful people over at morbidlybeautiful.com. Morbidly Beautiful is your one-stop shop for all things horror, content-related, from interviews, reviews, top ten lists, and everything in between. Now, this week we're going to go back to some supernatural kind of stuff and look at an unknown little figure from ancient times. Well, even timeless to some. This is a story of a pre-Islamic entity who could be either a demon or an angel or something completely different and in between the two we'll find out soon. This is a story of the jinn. Amadis. Amaras. It is an adjective. Sounds like someone breathing. Amaras. Now, as with a lot of my supernatural, unknown, ancient, entity-style stuff, a lot of this information is going to come from ancientorigins.net. It's a great resource. I use it all the time for a lot of my podcast episodes, and I just want to give them a quick shout-out. I'm not sponsored by them, but they're great, and they have a lot of wonderful, fantastic information. And on there, they just happen to have some information on the djinn. So let's just dive right in. What is a djinn? A lot of people think they're pretty synonymous with genies, and you wouldn't be 100% wrong. However, there is a little bit of a difference, and we'll dive right into that soon enough. Now, in translation, the term jinn can be interpreted as a hidden figure, or hidden ones, or hidden from sight. In Arabic, the word jinn defines a collective number, and it comes from the root word jinn or jinn, j-n-n or g-n-n which means to hide or to be hidden. All this implies that jinn are not necessarily spirits, but that they are hidden in their status in time, in space, and of course in darkness, because what good entity doesn't like hiding in the shadows? So let's dive into the word jinn a little bit more, because as I said, a lot of people think genie. They think of Aladdin, and they think of Robin Williams, of granting wishes, and yes and no. So the word Gna is also derived from the same root word. This refers to another place hidden in space and time, the Garden of Paradise. In English, genie is synonymous with jinn, and it is derived from the same Latin word genius, which also refers to a sort of protective spirit which each human was thought to have had since the moment of birth. The only resemblance between the two is the pronunciation, as jinn and genius are totally distinct entities. From the Latin genus, the modern term genetics is derived, with a certain resemblance to jinn, if you will, as these entities are believed to be capable of determining familiar features of resemblance. In Arabic, the singular for genie or jinn is genie, while the plural is jinn. Now, an entity this old doesn't not appear in popular culture and the jinn does make an appearance in Arabian Nights and, of course, the Qur'an, which is a religious text. Jinn are most commonly found in the tales contained in the Arabian Nights, a writing which illustrates several kinds of jinn and spirits. According to the text, numerous spirits and entities exist alongside humans, and they interact with one another just as they interact with humans. Very similar to Greek mythology, where Zeus and the other gods would kind of come down and fuck with humans every once in a while, or fuck humans every once in a while. There's always a parallel between two religions and cultures, and this seems to be the common factor here, but I'm sure there's other ones if we dive in deep enough. Out of all these entities, though, the type of jinn known as Ifrit is described as a physically larger entity than the rest, as well as the most powerful. Another kind of jinn, the Merid, is said to have lived in the seas and oceans as a spirit of water. As the most well-known supernatural being of the Islamic tradition, jinn are often mentioned in the Quran. They reside in the void between the worlds, a parallel dimension different from the rest of the world of humans or any other known world. Even though angels, humans, and jinn are the three types of sentient beings created by Allah, the latter are by far the most mysterious. The information regarding them is scarce. But it is said that they have come into being from the smokeless flame, and that they can be good, evil, or neutral. Still, jinn can be dangerous and hostile towards humans, using every chance they get to twist the words and desires of humans against them. Now think the traditional genie route. You have to be very specific with your wishes, right? If not, you could say, well, I want to be the tallest person in the world, and next thing you know, you're 15 feet tall or you want infinite amounts of money, but they don't tell you what currency, so, you know, you might end up with a bajillion rubles or something. It doesn't really translate super well unless you're very, very specific. And that goes with a lot of demons, a lot of things that you summon in the dark. You have to be very specific, or they will take you out on a technicality. Now, the Surat al Jin is a surah contained in the 72nd, chapter of the Quran, which is dedicated entirely to jinn. Jinn are also mentioned in the Quran in the final verse of the Surat al-Nas, but the classic image of a jinn as Wishmasters was first depicted in Arabian Nights. Unlike angels, but similar to humans, jinn enjoy free will. Therefore, they can make their own choices, and they can also allegedly be judged during Judgment Day, and sent either to heaven or hell. Jin usually live in highly remote areas with clouds, waters, trees and mountains. So they're basically mountain men. It doesn't sound all that bad to be completely honest. Sometimes I like to escape up into the mountains, the mountains of Ontario which don't ex- exist. Damn it. Out to BC we go. Anyway, they traditionally are said to live in their own communities and their existence can remain a secret as they are able to travel over great distances extremely quickly think teleportation also jinn can make themselves invisible to the eye of humans and because of this stories say that humans can only get small vague and unclear glimpses of the existence of jinn without fully perceiving their reality now it's said that after allah created man he asked angels and jinn to bow before adam at that time one jinn exerted his free will and chose to disobey the creator he was the Iblis. For his disobedience, he was banished from paradise and became the devil, under the name Shaitan. This change caused Allah to send prophets to both humans and jinn alike in order to provide counsel and show them the righteous path. Again, we can see a parallel here between, yes, you guessed it, Catholic and Christian, and now Islam. So what happens? Well, one of the first disobeyers of the creator gets sent to hell and becomes the devil. It's not the first we've heard of it, not the last we'll hear of it. At least, well, I mean maybe fifteen thousand years from now when humans have a new religion and a new God and a new story, they'll pull from the archaic ones like Christianity and be like, hey look, the creator made stuff and somebody rebelled, and now we have a devil. Because rebellion is the ultimate source of evil. Always listen to your overlords, people. Always. So Allah had sent prophets down to show the righteous way, and in this way Muhammad was but one of these prophets and messengers. One of the differences between Christianity and Islam is that the Bible constitutes the word of God sent through the apostles, while the Quran is considered to be the word of Allah himself. As depicted in the Quran, the Iblis gained Allah's favor through his devotion, and he was granted command over the order of angels. However, even though he had attained a rank similar to that of angels, and just as the angels, he had listened and obeyed Allah's orders, Iblis refused to bow before Adam while stating, quote, I am better than he, thou didst create me from fire, and him from clay. That's from Surah 7, Al-Arif, Arat 1112. And again, I'm sorry if I butchered any of these names. It's not my intention. I just have a terrible way with foreign words. Anyway, let's continue on. Until the Qiyamah, Judgment Day, Allah and His mercy postponed the destruction of Iblis turned Shaitan. It even sounds like Satan. As for devils, the Islamic tradition states, "quote We made the evil ones friends only to those without faith. And that's from the Quran 727. In Christianity, Lucifer, an angel, became Satan, the devil. In Islam, Iblis, a jinn, became Shaitan, the devil. See, there's a lot of parallels there. A lot of parallels to draw on. When it comes to the power Shaitan has over man, there are two main aspects which he can exploit. The first is hubris. Hubris. Your hubris. I love that word. Which constitutes extreme pride and arrogance. The second is influence, which means that Shaitan can whisper and instigate people to do evil things, but it is up to each human to decide whether he wishes to follow the suggested evil path or not. In this way, Shaitan lacks any kind of direct means over control of the lives of humans. So again, you can't say the devil made me do it because he only suggested that you do it. You're responsible for your own actions, the whole free will thing, And that's why you can't get away with saying, oh, well, I didn't do it. It was an evil spirit whispering in my ear, telling me I have to do it. No, he just suggested it. You chose to follow the orders. His power rests merely at the level of suggestion, balanced by the possibility of choice that is provided by free will. Partly, this explains why the name Iblis comes from the root balasa, which means he who causes despair. In addition, the Quran argues that devils and evil Jinn were created to help sorcerers who are, from a spiritual point of view, very far from Allah. Supposedly, sorcerers can invoke these entities, force them into obedience through rituals and spells, and then send them out to accomplish tasks set by the sorcerer himself or by those paying for his service. Speaking of which, why don't we take a little look-see at just how you summon or maybe even get a jinn? come and chat with you for a minute or two. It's not very long, but we'll get into it anyway. Like many other beings, Jin can either be male or female. Also, Jin can exist independently, or they can attach themselves to an inanimate object, especially old objects, in which they can reside and use to travel. For example, it was believed that Jin could become attached to a precious or semi-precious stone, such as an opal, or maybe even a jewel-encrusted lamp. Aladdin, anyone? No, that one's completely false. That's just fun. You know, rub the genie, he gives you a wish. You know, like Christina Aguilera said, you rub it the right way. Eh? Yeah. Uh, anyway. In the Middle East, archaeologists have found evidence from the pre Islamic era, which suggests that during that time, there was no clear distinction between spirits inferior to angels and jinn. In Northwest Arabia, archaeological evidence has also suggested the clear worship of jinn. In a region near Palmyra, an unearthed inscription called Jinn, quote, the good and rewarding gods. But despite all the archaeological evidence regarding Jinn worship, the Quran rejects this practice, arguing that Allah is the only one who is to be revered and worshipped. And I have a quote here for you from Quran 6100. But they have attributed to Allah partners the Jinn while he has created them and have fabricated for him sons and daughters without knowledge. Exalted is he, and high above what they describe. So what do you think about the djinn? I've always been fascinated with this particular entity. I even wrote a book that featured a jinn in it once. Of course, there were a lot of creative liberties taken. That book was called Necromancy and Other Mystical Things, which you can find on Amazon. Plug. is my own podcast, so I can plug whatever the fuck I want. You can find that on Amazon, but if you are interested in that, take everything in that book with a grain of salt. Nothing is factual, it is 100% fiction. Everything is made up. I mean, there are some things I looked up and kind of used for creative liberty, but other than that, I've always found jinn very fascinating, mainly because they're really old, and really old entities are really cool. Like I mentioned, there has been evidence of pre-Islamic jinn being worshipped, meaning they existed before the Quran and before maybe even Allah was even thought of or worshipped in that region. Think of it as kind of, guess, like the the pagan times where people worship certain entities and gods and then Christianity came and made it monotheistic and so on and so forth. I could be completely off on that. It's just a thought I've had while reading and researching the jinn. Do I think they're similar to genies? I don't know. Maybe. I've always liked to keep a separation between the two, but I mean, there's a clear parallel. The words match up, if nothing else, and Westerners and English speakers in general like to take things... And make them their own. So they'll take the gin and make it a genie. Even though they might not really have much of a parallel. Again, I'm not an expert on the subject. I've read a few articles. And then I'm regurgitating the information to you. So you can come up with your own interpretations. If you are an expert in this, let me know how wrong I am. Or how right I am. Just like how we had with the Nephilim way back when. Somebody reached out and was like, yeah, you're not entirely wrong. But there's more information out there if you know where to look. So that's kind of what I'm looking for here. Anyway, this is a little bit of a shorter episode, so we're going to cut it here. Uh, I have some exciting stuff coming up in the next few weeks, so stick around for that. We have some interviews with some very exciting people. So we have that to look forward to, but that's going to do it for me today. My name is Casey, and this has been the Ominous Origins Podcast. If you like what you heard, please feel free to leave a five-star rating on Spotify. And You can do that on your mobile app. You just click the five-star rating button, and there you go, Bob's your uncle. If you do do that, please reach out to me and let me know, as there's no way for me to see who's actually left any kind of review or rating. So if you reach out to me, I will give you a shout-out on the show. You can still leave reviews on iTunes, Apple Podcasts as well, and any five-star ratings there will be read out on the show, so it is another great way to get a shout-out. Other than that, you can reach me on social media as well, on Twitter at HorrorShotsProd, Instagram at Ominous Origins Pod, or on Facebook at HorrorShots. So please do reach out. So, that's all I got for you today. Until next time.